Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. One more time with you. Sports Sunday on Super Talk, Mississippi. Next week, you might get home talk with uh, Michael King, the Cajun contractor. I mean, maybe next week you'll get him. People have been waiting for two years for that. Two years to get Michael (laughs) King, the Cajun contractor. But no, you've got me. Excuse me for that. That was gross. Michael Borky and Steven Gagliano, the Open Championship teeing off right now. The leaders go off in about 20 minutes or so, much earlier than uh, than yesterday. I don't know why that is, but either way, you get to watch the Open Championship on this possibly rainy Sunday, but it is good to be with you for the last time. It is the last time that we will be doing this show. It's not the last time you'll get Sunday content. More on that later. Uh, because, you know, we've started the show with that the last couple of weeks, telling you, you know, where you can find us, what we're doing, that kind of stuff. Sunday content is not leaving you. It's just going to be delivered to you in a different way. But I want to start with this because I was actually shocked, genuinely, truly shocked, that something appeared in a local newspaper this weekend. So last week, I think it started at about Tuesday or Wednesday, we started getting texts into the radio show. Have you heard the rumor? I heard that Lane Kiffin did this with a student. I heard this. I heard that. Have you guys talked about it? Why aren't you talking about this rumor that was out there? And quite frankly, we didn't talk about it because it would be wholly irresponsible on multiple levels. First of all, there was nothing immoral that happened. It'd be different if we were talking about a Hugh Free situation where what he was doing could have possibly been criminal. Or an Andy Canizero situation, a married man with children and also a subordinate. Uh, that's wholly immoral. But we still didn't really cover it on that level because it's a personal relationship and really None of our business. That is not happening, or that was not this rumor that was out there. None of it was illegal in any way, or even immoral in any way. So we didn't talk about it or address it, because that's the right thing to do. I would respond to listeners on the text line, you know, what you have heard is incorrect, or something like that. But that is not something that you bring to the open and address on the air, when it's involving human beings and something that is inaccurate and is something that is not immoral or illegal. Again, not immoral or illegal, what is going on here? But anyway, that didn't stop the rumors from flying. Message boards, Twitter, all over the place, this thing was spinning out of control. And the rumor, depending on who you listen to, uh, varied greatly. It was different information all over the place. It was you know, how these kind of things go, started from something and developed into something even more pathetic the more you heard of it. Well, one tweet apparently was getting more traction than most of the others, and Lane Kiffin decided to have fun with it and make fun of the guy for his grammar. 
on Twitter because the guy's grammar was pretty pretty awful. And it was the untrue rumor. And Kiffin was like, the, the best part about this rumor is the guy said, done, knocked up was the phrase he used on Twitter. That's funny use of social media, dispelling what is out there in message board land from Mississippi State fans and beyond. Uh, that's really where it should have stayed, right? It was a funny response to a bad thing that was being floated out there, and we all should get a good laugh at it and move on. That's not what everybody did. The Clarion Ledger decided to put this. I don't know if it ran in the Sunday paper because I don't know anybody that actually gets the newspaper anymore, but it was definitely on their website. I even still have the screenshots, just in case they deleted it, of the article where, you know, you see right there, Clarion Ledger right there. The Ole Miss football coach acknowledged a claim he impregnated a 24-year-old former Ole Miss cheerleader. That's not what the the headline said, though. But anyway, Kiffin, quote, tweeted the rumor from a Twitter user, Josh Wright, who said he is a Mississippi State fan, according to his count biography. And they embedded two tweets in this article. Okay? Two tweets in this article. One of them is random Mississippi State fan number one. I heard Kiffin done knocked up an ex-Ole Miss cheerleader whose father just so happens to be a professor. Thinking emoji. And then a reply from random Mississippi State fan number two, Matt. Kiffin got 24-year-old female A pregnant. Of course, Ole Miss was trying to keep it undercover, but female B, who is a possible student from my understanding, is also sleeping with Kiffin, found out and put it on blast. That was put in the freaking clarion ledger. Now, I know, I know that it is failing because it's a Gannett publication and all of them fail. I've actually defended the Clarion Ledger before in my life because part of what Gannett does is they basically uh, buy these newspapers and then gut the entire staff. So you've got headline writers in Nashville and stuff like that. I've defended them before for that kind of stuff because Gannett's incompetence leads to things that are out of their control. But when the headline on Twitter is old Mrs. Lane Kiffin bats down Twitter rumor that he got cheerleader pregnant, and then you include this, this tweet, I screenshotted it because this is embedded in the article. Matt, random Mississippi State fan Matt with the National Champions logo as his profile picture with that text that I just read to you is embedded in the article. Fan blogs have higher standards than that. For whom the cowbell tolls, the Mississippi State SB Nation site that is run by what I think is mostly students would never think of doing something like that. And they are Mississippi State fans. Again, I think they're students, and they're just running a fan blog. They wouldn't do something like that. They have higher standards than that. And what gets lost in all of this is through all this rumor, all these... I expect fans to say dumb stuff on social media. Heck, I expect certain message board operators to spread stuff like this, honestly. But what gets lost in all this is there is a young woman... An adult woman, not a student, an adult woman who is in a relationship with an adult man and has been for a long time. And her name, her pictures have been put everywhere. She has been called names that are just disgusting. And her biggest crime 
is being in a relationship, a relatively long one at this point, with another consenting adult man. That is her biggest crime. Is a young woman who has friends and family in the state of Mississippi, and they go online, and this is in the newspaper in Mississippi. It's so much gar. It's just it's flat out garbage. And we we a lot of people have been mad at the Clarion Ledger for a long time. I get it because people think that there's an anti Ole Miss bias, and then other people think there's an anti Mississippi State bias, and all that stuff. Um, I, I used to know people that worked there, and I know they worked really hard, and their resources are limited, and the the system that Gannett gives them is very very bad. But between what we saw during the College World Series, the pathetic attempt at clickbaiting Mississippi State fans during the College World Series, during the game, Sam Ellinger trolls Mississippi State fans for something. Or the, has Mississippi State won the College World Series? Click to find out. And they literally just copy and pasted Wikipedia. This garbage is now strategy. It's not incompetence. Incompetence is not printing the commemorative edition on time. Incompetence is the headline writer in Nashville mistaking the team names or something like that. Or an editor not catching that uh, Chris Limonis was mentioned as a starting pitcher. You know, that's incompetence. That's not intentional. What happened during the College World Series with that clickbait garbage is, is strategy. That's intentional. And what happened yesterday, printing those kind of things, that kind of rumor... Random Mississippi State fan making stuff up. That's intentional. And if I were Ole Miss, even Mississippi State, although the College World Series thing is not as bad, is perpetuating pregnancy rumors involving, again, a young adult woman who has done nothing wrong, and she is an adult woman, by the way, and nobody's covering up anything. They sat behind a home plate together at a baseball game. Like, if you just watched, you would see them there. There's nothing hiding about any of this. Um, I would consider not credentialing them anymore. And I hate doing that because people say that after, like, somebody writes a column that's critical. No. Be, be critical. That's fine. Report news that's not good. That's fine. This tabloid garbage... I wouldn't let it on my campus. I wouldn't. It doesn't belong there. That belongs on fan sites, but even they have higher standards than that. So a, a young woman had to answer questions from friends, coworkers, I'm sure, about what they saw in the Clarion Ledger because pathetic irresponsibility and a desperation for clicks led them down such a bad journalistic road that I wouldn't entertain it anymore. 601-879-4395 is the text on. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the last edition of Sports Sunday Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Stephen Gagliano with you. Got a little hot there. I just could not believe that. <laughs> I cannot believe that a newspaper decided it was a good idea to embed tweets from random Mississippi State fans about the Ole Miss football coach and his relationship. I cannot believe that is something that they put out there for people to see and read. Got to rack up those clicks. It's all about I clicks mean, and likes and shares. And 
That's, I mean, come that's unfortunately on. what most of quote unquote journalism is nowadays. There's not a lot of real journalism that goes on anywhere. It's not just the Clarion Ledger, it's most places. Because that's what this internet age of journalism has become. It's it's all garbage. It's just clicks and shares. That's how people measure success. You could write a fantastic in-depth article about something no one clicks on it or write this and I say write quote unquote but you could do that and have you know a thousand likes and a hundred shares and that's the more successful article. So that's what drives this kind of stuff and it's if it would just be out there on these kind of message boards it wouldn't be a thing because people take those with a grain of salt but now when you put this out there as news that's harmful to the entire industry i mean on on the engagement number front i I know i follow somebody that does radio out of market and apparently um, he does it in in the upstate where, where i grew up in south carolina and uh he's not from there and so he was trying to tell this is how stupid this is he's trying to tell south carolina fans that they shouldn't uh use their phrase which is forever to thee it's part of their alma mater or something like hail state hottie toddy forever to the go cox yeah that's just what they say and his take was well you shouldn't say that because you shouldn't be loyal to your school your school hasn't given you anything back they suck and you shouldn't support them or whatever and just got absolutely dunked on i mean just hundreds and hundreds of replies every single person calling him an idiot and at the end of the week he screenshotted his twitter engagement was like See, this is why I did that. Look, look, this is why I did that. It's like, no, everybody dunked on you. Like, not every, not all engagement's good engagement. If everybody thinks you're an idiot, they're going to laugh at you and then not take you seriously anymore. But anyway, uh, I, I, I mean, the amount of things that you hear, like I tell my wife stuff that I hear, you know, because I know she's not going to take it to the newspaper, right? You never the, know. The amount of things that, that you hear about coaches and athletes and stuff that never gets anywhere because it doesn't need to get anywhere. It's staggering. The thing with kid, I mean, that was out there last week and I can't believe people thought that we should talk about that. Because at the end of the day, even if it were true, like let's pretend for a second that it was true. Why would it have been some major scandal? I mean, people were like, "Oh my God! Oh my God! See, this is typical." Kid. What what would have been scandalous about two adults in a relationship? Again, a relatively long one, conceiving a child. What would be scandalous about that? It is very open and open and public relationship. Like it's not some secret. And despite what the Clarion Ledger printed, not a student either. It's nuts. I mean, the whole thing is insane and. We're used to insanity when it comes to sports fans because we're all insane. And people talk. And, like, I mean, I, again, I tell my wife stuff because I, I can trust her. I know she's not taking it anywhere. I got juicy stories, honey. Let's sit down and I got to tell you some stuff. But I'm not going to talk about it publicly on the air or anything like that because that's what you're supposed to do. The Clarion Ledger should be like, wow, that's. I mean, are you really going to run every Kiffin and Leach tweet now? Is that what you're going to do? Every rumor that's out there, are you going to run it? Because 99% of it is not true. So, But let's just run it all. Let's print it all. It's, it's insane that that was legitimized. That behavior was legitimized. 
Because, again, at the end of the day, there would have been nothing scandalous or immoral about what happened. That's the thing. It's not against the law for two adults in a relationship that everybody knows about to conceive a child. I've done it. He's cute as can be. What a gift that would be. And it's none of our damn business. Nobody's business. I get when, when you're a public figure, people are going to talk and that kind of stuff's going to get out there. I, I get that. I, really. People talk. But to make that a news story, well, I am flabbergasted by To that. make it a news story out of a tweet from random Mississippi State fan A and B, which are the tweets that they embedded in there, if it was a, a tweet from... I don't know. I'm not going to name anyone specific, but random Ole Miss, yeah, random Ole Miss beat reporter X. If that person tweeted that this is something that's happening, they announced as a couple that they're having a child, yeah, whatever, great. put Good. it out there. This, again, from fans putting it out there that love to put out any kind of crazy rumor to make the other school, and the, I'm not saying it would be a bad look. These fans think it would be. But to put that out there and say, oh, this is going to make Ole Miss look bad, and now a news organization taking that and putting it out there as... They legitimize those people. Right. You're, now you're just giving rise to more people that are going to put out more garbage and nonsense during this upcoming football season. And, I mean, I guess from their perspective, well, Kiffin legitimized it by responding, but he was making fun of the clown. That, that's, not, that's not news story worthy. He was mocking the dude for being an idiot. But anyway. Yeah, Ken, move on. No, man. No. I'm sorry that it bothers you. Thank you for listening. But, I mean, this is our last time doing this. I, I, I can spend the next hour and 30 minutes on this. If, sorry, man. I, I've always hated that from people. Hey, here, here's the thing, guys. Stop doing that. To, to every show, every podcast you listen to, stop doing that. It is so condescending. Like, like we're here to serve you. Move on. No, my favorite is nobody cares. Just because you don't care doesn't mean nobody else. That's my favorite thing that we get from people. Nobody cares. You don't. Somebody nobody cared me, Stephen, about the NFL. Nobody cares. You mean that's weird? I think the, a lot the of people single care. Most popular anything. In the United States of America, the most popular thing that exists in this country, nobody cares. I mean, come on. Yeah, the league that the owners were able to split, what was it, 300 plus million dollars last year from all the revenue that they brought in? Yeah, the NFL, the, the, the revenue share without a single fan in the stands was $10 billion. But yeah, no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, stop doing the move on thing. Drives me nuts. I've always wanted to say that. I've never said that. But now I can. Because yeah. you know, what are they going to do? Take us off gonna, the air? Yeah, what are they going to do? Cancel the show? <laughs> what do you do? Fire me? <laughs> well, it's, uh, no gosh, it's the water boy. Or not the water boy, the replacements. What are they going to do? Fire him? When, uh, when Shane Falco takes the field and starts making out with his cheerleader girlfriend? Yeah, we need, he's, he's we need some kind of grand with that cheerleader. And like, you're not supposed to be doing that. And Madden's like, what are they going to do, fire him? <laughs> it's his last game. What are they going to do? 
Anyway, Kyle says, I've never understood why people are so infatuated with who a public figure, or with who a public figure, what a public figure is doing. If it's not illegal, then it's nobody's business. Thank you. That's exactly how it should be, but apparently not. Um, Apparently not. You know what's going to be really stupid if somebody in Hoover asks him about it? Someone That would really, really get stupid. I don't think it'll be while he's standing, like, up at the podium and doing, like, the official interview or the official press conference. Somebody will ask him in the hallway or on Radio Row. Someone will ask him about it for sure. You know they will. So stupid. The whole thing. The fact that it's public is so stupid. Uh, People talk, though. I mean, I guess that's what happens. You know, it comes with the territory. But again, like I said before, and we will wrap up and and move on to some important things uh, for the remaining hour and a half of the show. Um, There is a young woman involved here who is completely innocent in this. And if you happen to be one of the few people left at the Clarion Ledger listening, just remember that. And also, if you're somebody that perpetuates that kind of stuff online, remember that. It is a young, innocent, apparently very nice, I have friends that know her, very nice girl that is being dragged through the mud here because some people are insane. So remember that. It's not only Lane Kiffin involved here. But anyway. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395 is the text line. This is weird. I mean, this time next week, we'll, when you're doing something for two years and then just poof, it's gone. It, I don't know. Anyway, glad you guys are with us. We'll be right back. Everybody on the golf course now in the Open Championship. Jordan Spieth has a par putt on one to keep him at nine under. Three back of Louis Oosthuizen, two back of Colin Morikawa, who I've just teed off to start the day. Spieth knocks in that par. So you've got what feels like a bit of a three-man race in this tournament with Oosthuizen and Morikawa being, you know, they're in the final group, so obviously the top two guys. Brooks Kepka's making a bit of a charge. He's five under through 12 right now. Uh, so he's four back. He can put up a number in the clubhouse, although the weather for the Open has been really beautiful and really good all week, which has made the golf course a little bit easier. Typically, in that region of the country, you can get four seasons, or that region of the world, not that region of the country, uh, you can get four seasons of weather in one day. They have not gotten that. There hasn't been extreme winds. There hasn't been rain and stuff like that. Uh, So anyway, if you want to watch the Open after you're done with us, you can certainly uh, do that. But everybody's on the golf course now, and... uh, I really like, really like Colin Morikawa. I like him a lot. I listened to an interview of his uh, with the Pardon My Take guys. And if you listen to Barstool content, Pardon My Take, it's the best sports content in the world. I'm t- I-, I love that show. They're, they're, it's a mix of goofing off and parodying people and also like being serious and delivering really good interviews. And Morikawa's a great kid. You know, played at Cal, uh, really laid back, uh, it's always good to see Americans win on foreign soil. So I'm rooting for him or Jordan Spieth today, for whatever that's worth. But anyway, we uh, we don't take calls much just because there's only two hours in the show. Uh, very little time to do that, but we'll do it today. JP on the phone right now. Uh, what's up this morning? Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? 
We're doing okay. We are, we're doing okay on this uh, this last week. I got fired up earlier, but now we're going to relax and have some fun for the rest of our time here. Oh, it's good to get the blood pumping, isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> I guess ever since March, it's been a dream of mine to be on the Farm Bureau phone line. So I guess I'll <laughs> just hang on to that dream, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, hey, at least you got that. Although, uh, although we don't do this much, I think you're like the fourth call we've taken ever on this show. Oh well. And so yeah, I mean, you can put that on your mantle. <laughs> so well, what's up, man? What's on your I, mind? I just want to thank both of you. I have really, really enjoyed sipping coffee on Sunday mornings with the both of you. Since I um, had a recommendation from a friend in February to turn it over to Super Talk Mississippi, kind of feel silly for not doing it a little bit sooner, to be, if I'm being <laughs> honest with you. Yeah, that Louisiana-based uh, media you were uh, consuming down there, not good, man. Uh, it's all Saints and all LSU down this way. So, Well, at least I'm the first I half of that's good. Way. Yeah. Most certainly. Um. It's sad sweet this morning, gentlemen. Uh, this has become a little Sunday School Truancy Hour for me, at least. <laughs> Keeping me uh, in the truck listening for a few moments, moments before I run in there. But uh, I'm genuinely excited for the, both of you and your future endeavors and the, uh, the content you guys are going to be producing in the future. Man, well, uh, we appreciate you. And uh, so on that note, we might as well just get this out there now. We talked about it the last couple of weeks. So... Um, Steven will still be doing news, obviously. I mean, he's the director of news here. So he'll still be doing that. Uh, he, he will also start it. We didn't talk about this before the show, Steven. We were going to start it in two weeks, but how about tomorrow? We start the, the podcast together. Let's do it. So there's an Ole Miss Focus podcast that Steven will now be the co-host of at Thrice Weekly called The Rebel Report. And we will record it right, not in this studio, but like two doors down over in the, one of our production rooms, and we'll do that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll record it yeah, around 2 o'clock or so, if that's good with you. Look at us. We're planning me, on yeah. the air. Yeah, I'll we'll, come back from lunch. We'll do it then. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. do the podcast, and it'll be uploaded before 3 o'clock, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Ole Miss focused. And then he'll be doing the scoreboard show, which starts in like three weeks or something like that. I think I may have a few more weeks, but yeah, definitely like mid-August. Yeah. So it's coming okay. up. So that's coming up quickly. And uh, as far as content from me, uh, I do, and if you guys just only listen to this show and the radio show in the afternoon, I do a morning live stream in the comfort of my home office uh, every weekday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. 8, 8.05, sometimes, you know, after that. It just kind of depends on, on what I've got going on. But 8 a.m. Monday through Friday, and uh, we call it Mike in the Morning, really took a long time hammering out a really clever name. And uh, landed on that. And you can find it on Periscope, Facebook, and YouTube. So follow, just search my name, Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, on YouTube especially, is where I'm trying to direct you guys. It's uh, it's the easiest to track and all that stuff. So YouTube, my name, Michael Borky, or wherever you get your podcasts, Mike in the Morning, and subscribe there. Also, the plan is right now, to do a Saturday morning pregame show. And I don't know about time yet. It may be inconsistent because I, you know, I do have to give some of myself to my beautiful wife and son. Uh, but Saturday mornings before the games get started, I, I am going to fire up the live stream with you guys and just 
talk ball and give picks and stuff like that. And the plan for now, because a lot of you like what we're doing on Sundays, the plan for now is late Saturday night when the games are over or all the important games are over to record the Sunday podcast live with you on Saturday night. So that time will be inconsistent just based on who's playing. You know, if Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss are done by 5 o'clock on a Saturday, it may start a little sooner. But if they're the late game, you know, on the SEC network, then it, it may be later in the evening. But Sunday content is not going away. It's just going to be delivered to you a little bit different. So podcasts, Mike in the Morning, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe or YouTube, search my name, just Michael Borky on YouTube, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. By the way, all that is free. Subscriptions to YouTube cost you nothing. It's just a way to like make it populate to your phone, essentially. It's like following somebody on Twitter. It's just subscribing on YouTube. It costs you nothing. What do all those influencers say you got to do? Also, you got to hit the Ring the notification bell. bell. You got yeah. to ring the bell <laughs> so you know when, uh, when I'm going live and stuff like that. So... All of that's still going to be happening, and JP, I know you know all of this already, but uh, thanks for reminding me because I kind of forgot to, to plug all of our stuff since this is our last time here. No big deal, brother. Do what I can to help. I appreciate you. What did you think about the Golden new USM Eagle. unis, by the way? I know you're a Golden Eagle. Those looked good. I am right there with you with the Stormtrooper get up. I've asked for years and years for some white lids just to change it up. Now that we successfully rebranded away from the Iowa conflict with the Eagle Head, I'd like to see the new Eagle Head on some helmets more consistently. You know, that, 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 that scheme on the helmet, that layout, just, it's, I don't know, it's kind of looking to me. You know, if we're going to make everything else look nice, I'm cool with changing the lids up every weekend. You know, a lot of, I'll give you an example, Michael, a lot of people don't like, down here at least, that I hang with, they're not fans of the powdered blue helmets the Rebels wear. I like them. I like them a lot, but, you know, I'm not out there playing. So yeah. that makes kids happy, right? <laughs> Whenever they feel best, best in the play, you know? The powder blues I need to be permanent. Forget the regular blue. Like, I know that's traditional or whatever, but just make the powder permanent. I don't know. I love that color. I, I hear from so many people, like, you know, we've got great uniforms. We don't need to change or whatever. If Ohio State is not too good to run alternate or alternate uniforms and helmets out there, then nobody is. Like, we don't want to be Oregon. Why not? Oregon's whole brand is awesome new uniforms every week. Like, that's why you know what Oregon is. Mix it up. Give me a new helmet. Try different colors. Try new logos. I don't know. The the uniform tradition thing has always cracked me up because, the like you said, the kids love new stuff. They love it. And don't you want your players at the end of the day to be the happiest ones out there? 1,000%. So I just hope uh, week one in Mobile, you know, we, we run out there with the, the Stormtrooper get up on. Uh, I think that'll make a statement. And from what I've gathered on social media, Mike, that, that seems to be, uh, you know, what the, the players like the most. So good. I like the change. It's good. And Will Hall's got me and a lot of people fired up for this fall, too. There's a lot of Mississippi ties in that game, too. I mean, Kane Womack, uh, you know, he's got ties to Ole Miss and – uh, now the head coach at South Alabama and go ahead. Kane will make play. He played actually played uh, college football with a friend of mine at Southern Mississippi. How about that? So, yeah, so definite ties there, and maybe they considered him as a potential replacement for Hobson at one point. But 
for the first time since Bowers left, I feel like we have our guy. He is true to God, true to the school, true to family, and true to the Magnolia. You know, can't ask for more there. And some people don't like it, but I think Southern Miss made the right decision not going defense-minded. There's more to a head coach than just being a head coach, I think. I know that some people don't like that, but getting a guy that runs the style of offense that Will Hall will bring to Southern Miss, I think, is also important when looking at a head coach. But we're up against a hard break, man. Thank you for calling. I appreciate you, and I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Stephen. You guys have a great Sunday. You too, man. That's JP on the phone. He's uh, he's the best. He is uh, he's pretty loyal. A lot of you are, which is shocking for uh, for this time slot. Hate to see you go, but all of those things that we said where we will be, follow, subscribe, be a part, because we're still going to be making content for you. We will be right back. Kyle says, you guys are breaking my heart. Who do I get next Sunday? Farmer Ted or Builder Joe or another preacher as if there's not enough of those already? <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's gonna be on here. Maybe Steve Azar. I don't know. I don't know. But uh yeah, if you're if you're if you have a smartphone, you can get Sunday content still. And, and just play it at 8 a.m. and it'll be commercial free, by the way. You won't have to deal with commercials. And the, I mean, this show shouldn't have had commercials anyway, but uh that was the big problem. That was a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But um, yeah, you there's still you will still get Sunday content, man. Uh, you you will, and uh, you know if Steven's around on Saturday nights, I can loop him into the live stream too. The, the software will let two people be up on the screen. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it's so ingrained now for both me and Taylor that we just don't have any lives or any plans on the weekend so yeah i'll probably be around here's the thing i you know this isn't for everybody but you know i used to go out every weekend you know when it was friday night i had to go do something you know i had to go be somewhere i had to go out and all that stuff now that i'm married my wife lets me do whatever i want i know that sounds kind of silly to say out loud i know a lot of people who are not married to someone that lets them do as they please she does not limit me at all but, man, not having anything to do on a Friday night and just chilling with her, that's so much better than walking around a crowded bar yelling at people just so they can hear you say you have to go to the bathroom. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's nice to, you know, really just kind of exist with with your person, you know? It is. I, I settled into that kind of sweet spot even late in, like, college and then after that. And, you know, being in Oxford, I always settled in – going to like a uh, like the second floor of some of the bars that have a place where you can sit outside and I'd rather be with like a group of people out there yeah everybody has like a seat you've got some space in between this is obviously pre-covid so I just I always like space in between me and people anyway but you could sit there you could hear each other and you could just go home it wasn't a production of oh my god we have to wrangle up 10 people from a crowded bar squeeze through everyone to get a taxi or an Uber. So yeah. it was that or just stay home altogether. We get a text. I haven't missed a show in two years through marriage and babies. Great chemistry and content. Best show on the network by far. It's a really good one. It's a really good one. And there's a, I'm telling you, man, there's a real audience here. That's what makes this, uh, that's what makes today tough. It, it's, it is not because, um, 
It is not because of lack of audience. I had somebody apologize to me on the text line last week. He said, I don't listen during the show. I, I download the podcast after. I'm sorry I've contributed to the problem. I said, you're not the problem. Listeners and the volume are not the problem here. Shockingly, there's a lot of you. It's crazy. It's crazy. I went back and watched our first show yesterday, or part of it. I didn't oh, sit through the whole two hours, but it was it was really funny to see. And, you know, we've got the live stream going now where both of us are on the screen. And it's Remember got how it just randomly flipped? Yeah, that was my first <laughs> big takeaway. Like, you'd be in the middle of making a big point or something, and it would just cut to me in here just looking around at some screens <laughs> and pressing buttons. And then, you know, we evolved. Exactly. Then, you know, I would start to say something and it would cut back to you just sitting there looking at me. It was it was hilarious. And, I, you know, we've we've definitely come a long way in those two years. And yeah. like you said, somehow we have built a following of people on a Sunday morning through stations here and there and online and a stream. And it's it's been a really just fantastic experience mm-hmm. all the way through. David Ripley says, I don't get it. I never want to hear that Cajun handyman on any day, much less on Sunday. Dang. <laughs> I don't know who that's going to be, but uh, that's uh, when you go to the website on Sundays, that's, who it, that's what it said. I may listen we next Sunday. Just to see what Michael King's all about. Yeah, that may be my big Sunday morning next week. Man, it kind of would be funny hearing like housing advice from a guy with that deep, deep Cajun accent, you know? Uh, anyway, yeah, Dave, I, I hope you uh, you follow somewhere, uh, whether it be YouTube or the podcast or something, because, you know, I'm going I'm to plug this for the rest of the day, just so you guys know that you can still get weekend content here. Uh, I'm excited about the streaming component thing. I, I think there's an opportunity there to, uh, uh, to reach you guys on a different level, especially around football season. So I'm not going to start the two times on a Saturday thing until football season comes. Makes sense. Family's going on vacation next week. Uh, much needed, much needed vacation next week. And uh, and I'll wait until the first Saturday of college football, which is what, like 42 days away or something like that now? Getting close. Uh, and we'll do it then. But, you know, I think there's a real chance to get more, you know, forgive this word, more intimate interaction with you guys. And uh, I think a pregame show and a postgame show would be really cool. Uh, to, to have you guys involved, I think, would be really, really cool. So, YouTube, Michael Borky, podcast, wherever you get them, Mike in the morning, and uh, Steve and I will be doing the Rebel Report, Old Miss Focused podcast on the uh, Super Talk podcast, wherever you get those, you can find it there as well. One of you says, hate to hear this. I know, man. Uh, I, I hate it, too. I really hate it, too. But um, you can still get Sunday content. So hopefully you uh, you check that out. Hour number two, last hour coming up. Hour two on Sports Sunday, Super Talk, Mississippi. Michael Borky and Stephen Gagliano with you for one final time ever, at least in this time slot on this day. Speaking of that, I was just handed a piece of paper. We do have advertisers now for this show. This last hour of Sports Sunday is brought to you by the Rebel Report podcast and (laughs) Michael Borky's YouTube channel. Be sure to tune in to both of those after this show ends. We should blow out the commercial breaks and just, if you're looking for Sunday content, just make our own. I proposed an idea years ago that we should do a, uh, so not Radiothon in the Palmer home way, I'm talking 24 hours, Mike's always on. 
And, and I don't like, you know, I, I propose it as like a charity idea or, or something like that. But 24 hours, these microphones never go off, meaning commercial breaks, we read them. For 24 hours, we stay on the air and never go off for an entire day. Over under two and a half people to get fired after that. Oh, man. <laughs> 2, 3 a.m. would be just, yeah. it would be a blast. Somebody but, walks through the studio, doesn't realize the mics are on, says something stupid, bam, they're gone. Ah, uh, man, that would have been a lot of fun. And uh, Castellanos drives one deep to right field. <laughs> <laughs> you, ma- you can imagine that that didn't go very far. But uh, we get a text, hate to hear this, love the Sunday show. Dave said, um, can't stand what I'm hearing. This is what I listen to on my way to church. JP says, now I lose my excuse of why I'm thinking of fat bottom girls making the rockin' world go round on Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah, there's some music I play on this show before, as you guys are going to church that I don't know if uh, the, the good man upstairs wants you listening to on the way to his house, you know? Oh, man. No, I, like I said, I think it was last week. Uh, I think the big man appreciates how talented Freddie Mercury was. So I think he's okay with that, with his music, even on Sunday. At least I think so. Yeah, everybody can add it to like a playlist on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever they get their music. Just make sure you always include that song on there. It's got to be on there now. Dave says, uh, as y'all can see, he sends us a picture holding a little one. That's an awesome picture, Dave. That's just, that's great. Uh, he said, as y'all can see, I'm, in, uh, I'm, I'm a little older. He said, that's his sixth grandkid. Well, it's a beautiful one. Uh, I'm sort of electronically challenged, but I'm going to try to get your stuff maybe on YouTube, even though we don't always agree, and sometimes I even get pissed off. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Y'all always let me have my opinion. I love that. Thanks for a great show. Thank you, Dave. If you're always agreeing with everything that I say, what kind of show is this? You know? That would be really boring. So, the fact that I I had you hooked and you disagreed sometimes, that means I did something right. John says, uh, good to hear live radio on Sunday morning. Great job, Borky and Steve, and I will miss you all on Sundays up here in Hardeman County, Tennessee. Have we had... We really did. We had a, a very national audience. We, yeah. we have people in Tennessee. I know we have people in Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania, Florida, New York. We've got people everywhere. Yeah, you look at the download numbers post-show, too. It's, it's scattered, especially, you know, we've got people on the coast that, that can't listen to it on the radio because we, we don't get the coast station on this show, and, and they found it on stream or whatever. Like, the, the download numbers have an audience on the coast, even though this show doesn't, doesn't reach them. Anyway, so thank all you guys. Thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, let's talk a little sports, though. Uh, SEC Media Days will will get underway in earnest tomorrow, as you guys can probably tell. I won't be there. Uh, but, uh, you know, the guys from Sports Talk Mississippi will be there. And interesting week, because this is year two for Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, but we didn't get to hear from Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin in this setting. It never happened last year. Stephen brings up a, a proposition. If you had one question that you could each ask one, in 100% honesty, what would it be? So truth serum injected into Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin, what would it be? For Lane Kiffin, my question would be, how many different starters will there be on the defense when you go out for your first defensive series against Louisville from last year? And I think that number would be pretty high. We've talked about all the different transfers they've brought in. I think you'll see some 
freshmen get playing time. Some may even start on that defense with how bad they were last year. I don't think I'd be surprised to see at least seven new starters on that defense. So that would be my main question for Lane Kiffin. And then for You'll Mike... You'll see at least two on the defensive line. At least one linebacker. And then I think... Well, it depends. One I guess, secondary piece, at least. Yep. And Possibly Otis Reese, two. I guess he counts as a as a carryover, even though he only played three games. So I was including I would, him. In that. I wouldn't count him honestly because you didn't get a full season with him. So I, he, to me, he's a new starter because the NCAA just completely forgive my terminology, uh, completely screwed him over last year. Uh, he wasn't a full time starter when he would have been. Right. So I think six to seven new starters on that defense, and with Mike Leach, we touched on it a little bit last week is the question is, how real is the quarterback competition? I, I, I want to know where his head is at with that, what he really thinks of Will Rogers, what he did last season. We saw flashes at times. He was running for his life most of the time, and he only had time to throw routes that were about five yards in front of him. So I want to know what Mike Leach truly thinks of Will Rogers and his quarterback room right now. Yeah. If I got to inject them both with truth serum, isn't that not real? In the way that the movies portray Probably it, not. like you can get people to be you know looser, but they can still lie and stuff like. You're not sure since it is a drug that they're actually telling the truth. If it was a real thing and it worked that way, I think you would see people try to pass laws or do whatever they have to do to be able to do that when you're interviewing like a suspect for a crime. Huh. That would make it pretty easy. Yeah. Hey, drink this. Did you do it? Yes. Boom. You're convicted. So, but I don't. I don't think it actually works like that. Uh, I would ask Lane Kiffin. Do you honestly believe that you can win at the highest level at Ole Miss? Because publicly he says that, and privately he says that too. Apparently, um, that he he thinks that he actually can win there. That doesn't mean he's going to stick around forever. That's not a conversation worth having today. Who knows? I mean, who knows? Uh, but do you actually believe that? Do you think that you actually can win there? Or is it lip service? And for Mike Leach, I would ask, are you worried that your philosophy does not work in the SEC in 2022 and beyond, or whatever year you want to slap onto it? Are you worried that what you do does not work in the SEC in modern college football? I would would love to hear his answer on that, his honest answer. Because we tried to warn people, Stephen. Uh, we, we talked about Rich Rodriguez and what he was doing and why that wasn't working. And we tried to warn people going into last season that regardless if he's the, the right coach or the wrong coach, year one is not going to go well. I remember talking about this, and people hated it because – I said that Ole Miss was going to be better than Mississippi State because they were better set up to be a better football team last year. And look at how that worked out. It's almost as if I kind of knew what I was talking about there. The transition, the philosophical change that Mike Leach is taking Mississippi State through was always going to have a growing pain. Because it, it went from always run, never pass to, wait, what is the run? I don't even know what it is. Complete philosophical change, and then you had to throw a true freshman quarterback in the fold on top of that, and then you didn't have a real offseason because of COVID. It was going, it was always going to be tough. People didn't like that, but that was the truth. Even through all that, there's still 
I wonder if there's doubt in his mind. Because he got shut out twice last year. Never happened in his life. That happened twice last year. Is he worried? I think we'll find out the answer to that pretty quickly this upcoming season. I think if through those first three weeks of the season in non-conference games, that NC State game is a little different because it's still an ACC opponent. But when you have a chance to, to kind of mix things up a little bit early in the season as you find that team's identity, I think if you see a bit more commitment to the run, I say commitment, That what's that, 15 carries in a Mike Leach offense, that would be a departure from what we've seen in the past. If you see that, I think that's, that's giving legitimacy to your question of, is he willing to change? And, and I, think, I think he has to. I think they have to develop some resemblance of balance. It'll always be skewed towards towards the air, obviously, yeah. in the air raid. But I think you'll see it pretty early on in the season what the answer to that question maybe could be. For sure. Uh, which Stephen also asked, we'll get to this after the break, which new coach has to make the best first impression this week? And there's four new coaches. And then, you know, you throw Leach and Kiffin and Pittman and Drinkwitz in there. Holy crap. You've got eight first-timers at SEC Media Days this year. That'd be a great story, you know, for for us to cover. Eight first-timers there. That's pretty awesome. We'll talk about that next, Sports Sunday. Don't go anywhere. You'll love Rush. May Neil Parrott rest in peace. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, drummer to ever live. It's here, John Bonham. May he also rest in peace. Uh, just three nerds making great music, man. That was Rush. It just, and they were all over the place. Their uh, their catalog is so unique. They just went through so many changes, and uh, it, it was all weird and quirky and rocked, man. Uh, I can't anyway. listen to Rush and not think of "I Love You, Man" every single time. <laughs> Slap on the bass. <laughs> You know, we never got the chance to. Uh, I remember we talked about it. We were going to do it during like the off oh, season yeah, when there's this nothing. Would be a perfect time. All the different Mount Rushmores of music and stuff. Yeah. I know you were looking forward to that one. So maybe that'll be a special episode of Rebel Report. Ooh, <laughs> Has man. nothing to do with Ole Miss sports, but it'd still be a fun one. God, building building the perfect band. Um, I, I got to take Led Zeppelin out of it because they would it would be my choice for literally everything. Um, oh man, that's tough. It would be Parrot on the drums. Oh, man. Freddie Mercury being the, the front man? That's what I was thinking. I actually just watched that Bohemian Rhapsody movie again the other night. It was on TV. Figured I might as well. I mean, maybe Getty Lee still on the base? At two pl- I don't know if you want two guys from Rush, though. It's either, it's either Mercury or, or Steve Perry being the front. Who would you have on guitar? Slash. Slash. <laughs> Give me Slash. Um, That'd be such a weird dynamic of all these different people. God, that would be so much fun to sit down and do that. Jeff McCombs says, going to miss the show, guys. It's become appointment programming. Programming. Look forward to what's next. Uh, we got another message, man, that sucks. Listen to this show every Sunday. My wife even listens. We get in the car to go to church. If I'm not putting it on, she's putting it on. Going to miss it. Awesome. My wife doesn't even listen. <laughs> So that's big. 
We appreciate it. Oh, come on, man. You're really going to do this today? I thought this was a sports show. I hope you're trolling us right now because, come on, man. It's supposed to be. It's also done forever. Off into the abyss. I could talk about music for the rest of the show, honestly. Not a ton going on. I sat down to kind of start typing up some notes and and the the pre-show list that I come up with, and there was not a lot. So we can spend the rest of the time talking about whatever you want. Um, We get a message. Uh, I think that's why Mullen left state. He felt like he couldn't win a championship there. There, there was a ceiling that he, but I mean, he, they were number one. If he doesn't lose an Egg Bowl, they could possibly make the playoff. Uh, the 12-team playoff format will really change. I, I think it's already happening. I mean, you've seen it with Matt Campbell. I mean, Billy Napier must be waiting for LSU, which would make sense. All the jobs he's turned down, said no to. I wouldn't be surprised if Billy Napier sees an impending dumpster fire coming. And one of the best jobs in college football, not far from where he sits right now, where he's already established a recruiting profile in the state, right down the road, could come open for him. The question is, would LSU view that as a big enough splash hire where they have to go steal somebody? If they can find a way to beat Texas in that season opener, then... They absolutely will see it that way. It's pretty insane how th- that's even a, a thought. That I mean, Ohio State hired Jim Trussell from Youngstown State. You know? I mean, that was Ohio State, one of the best programs in America. If they can do it, well, I can't LSU. But anyway, that has to, uh, that has to happen first, you know? Oh, I need to apologize. Taylor did just text me. She is listening this morning. So <laughs> she actually... Hey, Taylor. Yeah. Sometimes she's awake, sometimes she's not. So, as always, we appreciate that as well. Back to media days. All right. So, which new coach has to make the best first impression this week? I think it's Hypel. Because, I mean, with all due respect to Vanderbilt, nobody cares. Shane Beamer at South Carolina, I think he's got a huge uphill climb. There are people in that state, I've said this on this show a thousand times, but I truly believe this. There are people in that state that expect South Carolina to be like a 7-5 and team, and, oh, you've got another thing coming. It's, it's going to be awful there. The East is pretty bad, honestly. I expect Vanderbilt to be not good for a multitude of reasons. South Carolina has one of, if not the worst, roster in the SEC. Tennessee lost almost 30 players to transfer. Uh, since Jeremy Pruitt's been fired. Uh, Kentucky is actually going to try to throw the football down the field this season, which is a nice change. Do they have someone that can uh, do that? You would hope. <laughs> I mean, that's their goal this year. But, like, Florida might take a step back. They lost all of their offensive weapons. I mean, this we're, we're going back to, at least for 2021, we're going back to the time where the West was clearly far and away like not even close, the best division in this league, and it's not debatable. That's what this season's going to look like. Much better the West will be than the East this year, and there's really no argument to be made otherwise. But I don't see how you could could even approach it the other way. I remember going into last year, there was at least some thought to, well, Tennessee may surprise some people, Kentucky – 
you know, they get Terry Wilson back. They had some other pieces around him. This year, looking at the East, there's not a lot of excitement around other programs besides Georgia, really. Yeah, and that's why I say hypo, because people still are convinced that Tennessee's some kind of like blue blood world class program, and they haven't been you know, since 1998. Tennessee has won nothing of value since these recruits have been alive. And I mean, the, the process was pretty bad, right? They got said no by a lot of people, despite what, you know, I, I can't make fun because this is where my life is headed now, but like people that have YouTube shows were just convinced that Lane Kiffin wanted to come home even though he had only lived in Knoxville for 10 months of his life. Uh, that was never reality. The, the coaches that they went after didn't want that job. And the AD that you hired from UCF just hired the coach that he had at UCF because th- that was his only option. It's not like Heupel was more impressive than every candidate. He was down on the list and they didn't have another choice. So he's got to be impressive to get people to believe in him because there's a lot of questions around Tennessee right now. It, I mean, they lost, again, an entire recruiting class's worth of transfers this year. Talent's kind of lacking there for whatever it's worth, and whatever's said at Media Days is really not worth anything. But he's got to impress. He's got to look like he you know, belongs or else Tennessee's going to continue falling into the abyss. I think Harson will face some interesting questions too, and I'll call it the because you need to win right now. Yeah, I'll call it the the Bo Nix paradox. Going into this season, I, I don't know Auburn's depth chart that well, and I guess I should have looked it up. But is Bo Nix your only option at quarterback this season if you're Auburn? Because last year he took one of the biggest steps back that I've seen in a long time, and I remember on our prediction show. Last year, I said, I think Bo Nix is going to take a huge step forward. Auburn's going to contend for the SEC West, and I could not have been more wrong. So I think he'll face a lot of questions related to Bo Nix. So I think he has to impress in the way that he answers that in showing that he has a potential plan coming into this season, you know, potentially after Bo Nix or, or at least ignite competition. Yeah, you would think. I'm interested to see what's said this week. I mean, I really want to hear from Matt Corral specifically, and not just because he's the quarterback, the only quarterback from Mississippi going. Now, I'm not criticizing Mike Leach for not bringing one. I don't think he knows who his quarterback is going to be. So how can you pick one when you don't know who it's going to be? Uh, but I want somebody to grill Corral a little bit. That's what I would like to hear. You turned the football over 14 times last year, 11 of which came in two games. What have you done to cut that down? That kind of stuff. Hey, some people think you're a Heisman contender. Are you prepared? That kind, those kind of questions. I would like to hear how he answers. I suspect they'll be good. He seems like a bright kid and, and well put together, but I, I want to hear what his answers are to those kind of questions. You know, what are you doing to cut down the turnovers? How can you prevent those two blow-up games that you, you had last year that really contributed to all of your turnovers? What, what are you doing? And then also some fluff stuff, like how does it feel to have the same offense for the first time in five years? <laughs> I imagine there will be, <laughs> be some plumly questions as well directed to Kiffin. I, I'm curious to see how he'll answer those. I know He'll probably were, embellish, yeah. would be my guess. 
Probably. Although some quotes got out there. I think the Ole Miss spirit talked to Plumlee, and it's clear that a position change is coming, and Plumlee mentioned it. But I suspect Kiffin's not going to say anything. Yeah, he's smarter than that and too media savvy to to give people what they want. A few of your texts have come in. 601-879-4395. 30 minutes left with you forever on Sports Sunday. MP says Keith Moon on the drums, Les Claypool on the bass, Clapton lead guitar, Mick Jagger frontman. I can't believe I didn't bring up Mick Jagger as a frontman either. He's, I mean, can't sing worth a lick, but man, he's he's got that swagger and energy that's just infectious uh, in their shows. He said, gonna miss the show, guys. Appreciate you. That's for sure. Keith Richards also on the guitar. Maybe that's something that needs to get uh, mixed in there. I watched a documentary about the South American tour that uh, that they did years ago, like 2010 or so. But they were still older, you know. I mean, yeah, it, years ago they were already older, and now it's they're still yeah. going. At, I mean, in eleven their, years later, in their 60s and stuff like that. And they were, I think, in Rio, Brazil. I think this is where this happened. And you had thousands of people camping outside of the hotel they were staying in. And one morning, they're just yelling for Keith Richards and yelling for Keith Richards. And that's all they can say is Keith Richards in their accent. And he finally, like, peeks out the window and waves. And, and these young women are just losing their minds over Keith Richards. <laughs> oh, man. The, uh, the stones were huge there, though. They had murals painted on the walls in all these little towns in South America as they were doing their tour there. They went to, they went to Rio and... Uh, they, were, they were in Argentina and Chile. Like, they did all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. It's uh, worth watching for sure. My wife texted in also, and uh, she said she's proud of us, Stephen. And she also quoted C.S. Lewis, which is pretty cool. She's much better read than I am. I was going to say, I I really wish I was well read and and knew that right away, but I did not. Now I do, though. Yeah, onward and upward, that's, uh, that's C.S. Lewis. Uh, Chronicles of Narnia, right? You know what? Yes. And my vendetta against the Chronicles of Narnia, we were supposed to read them. I was in sixth grade, and we were supposed to do, like, a project. I had to write, like, bookmarks, basically, for characters and background, all that kind of stuff. I did not do it at all. I waited until the morning it was due, tried to write it in red pen and scratch something together and I failed it. So ever since then, I've not been the biggest Chronicles of Narnia fan. <laughs> That's my own fault. <laughs> uh, update at the open. It seems like for now it's a two-horse race. Oosthuizen's won over on the day. Morikawa's even. They're both through four playing the fifth, although oh, go in. Wow. Oosthuizen almost dunked one on five. Oh no, that was John Rom. But so they're tied through four. Kepka's about to post five under for the day and eight under for the championship. I don't think either Ustason or Morikawa will fall there, but still. And Brooks will give them a number to think about, at least, maybe. Stick around, so good round for him. And Spieth is not making noise yet. He's on the seventh, and he is seven under. So he's two, two over on the day when he really needed to be good today to catch the other two guys doesn't appear that that's going to happen. Now four back playing the uh, the seventh hole for speed. So of all the screens in here, not one of them's a TV where I would have that on. <laughs> You've got 
One, two, three, four, seven screens in there. Seven of them. My head is going to explode one day from all of these screens. I've had to get uh, blue light glasses sometimes because I get headaches with all those screens in there. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I've got four, six in here, seven, eight with the TVs up there. I feel like it's kind of distracting. I mean, two of them, three of the screens in here, four of the screens in here, I don't use at all. I mean, I see, like, time and music and stuff like that and, and all that. I don't use the call screen, obviously, because we don't take them. I don't know what Paul uses these for. I have no idea. Because <laughs> he's using both. His head's going back and forth sometimes, and back and forth. I have no idea. Sometimes there's, like, a bunch of just different links pulled up on all those. Yeah. So, yeah. And I use them during the, the scoreboard show to try to find different scores at all times, and I'm always looking around for that. Speaking of call screening... I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I answered that call and got it on the air with no issues. We haven't taken a call in like eight months, mainly Heck because yeah. no one has called. So that's a, a forever skill now. I've got two screens that display the same thing. One's just closer than the other, and they're, they're both the same thing. Although they're not working today. but And then the TV where I've got the open. So yeah, we could do this with Half that. Probably. But Gallo would get mad, I think. He would. He, he wouldn't like the change. <laughs> Either way. Either way. So, the Bucks are going to win the NBA championship. Yeah, definitely. Nailed that one. I said Phoenix was going to win game one. Bucks in seven, though. Wow. There you go. So, I don't know if that'll hold up. I think but. it will. I think the Suns get one. I don't think they lose four in a row to lose this series, I think they'll get Game 6 and force a Game 7. Best case scenario. Keeps it going. Suns are out of gas. Yep. They're out of gas. Chris, Chris Paul is too old. He looks horrible. He's hurt. We'll find out three weeks from now that there is some kind of like ankle sprain or something. He's not 100%. His age, probably going through the grind of that season where they played every other night, and then... Going to the finals probably wear on an older body like his, but they're out of gas. And And Milwaukee's just so physical. And I know Devin Booker, he had, what, 30-plus last night? He had 42 the other night. Moss Point, Mississippi product, Devin Booker. Well, sorry for what I'm about to say. In the moments where he needed to make plays last night, he didn't. And Mm -hmm. they don't have... I don't know if the Bucks are necessarily a big three with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and, and Giannis. But the it's Suns, like A+, plus, C+, plus, C+. Plus. Right, but the Suns don't even have that. They have Devin Booker, and they have an older Chris Paul, and Aiton, who's on the rise. They don't have that third guy that they can turn to mm-hmm. in those late moments to give them what they need. And also Drew Holiday. I mean, the fact that people are just now discovering Drew Holiday shows you all you need to know about the way the league is covered. He's been the best defender in the league for years. I mean, Kevin Durant has said openly, I hate playing against him. He's the best defend on-ball defender in the league, and he's shown you that last night. So if you're one of those people that's rolling your eyes because we're talking NBA uh, because they don't play defense, watch Drew Holiday play. And the Pelicans, they got rid of him because of money or what was? Different timelines, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, you know, he didn't formally request a trade, but it was like, I need to win now. And they weren't ready to win now. And they got a ton for him. Got a ton for him. 
Eric Bledsoe sucks. But anyway. But other than that, other they got that, a lot for him. Um, the Saints have issues right now. Big-time issues right now. Uh, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, we haven't seen what the punishment is going to be yet. And then uh, they lose a defensive lineman to testing positive for a performance-enhancing substance, although he... You know, I've seen former NFL players say that that's a lot easier to do than you would think because there are supplements that you buy at GNC that have traces of stuff that would show up on a test in them, but that's tough. I mean, two starters on defense potentially out for weeks into the season. Training camp hadn't even started yet. Maybe Taysom Hill can play defensive one. You never know. He can play everything else. Have him bulk up just a little bit more and throw him out there. See what he can do. He's made tackles before on special teams, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. We are... So Thursday was three weeks until the first preseason game. By the way, this past Thursday. Hall of Fame game, Cowboys and Steelers. You will not see Dak or Big Ben. But you'll see the Cowboys and the Steelers and inside of three weeks from today. Training camp for them starts in a couple days. Yeah, I'll I'll still watch the entire Hall of Fame game. I always do. And I love preseason football. Most people hate it. I love watching it because you have that, oh, wow, remember him? I saw him play on Saturdays uh, during an 11 a.m. game and thought he was pretty good. Let's see if he makes the team. I love that kind of stuff. Most people don't, though. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's it's football, right? Uh, we spend all offseason talking about how much we miss it and how much we want it and all that. And then when it gets here, we turn up our nose. Oh, I don't want to watch Miami of Ohio and Bowling Green on Tuesday. Why not? This Tuesday, that would be awesome to have on TV. So embrace it when it's here. Yeah, just a couple days for them. I think the Saints will start training camp in 12 days, I believe, is when they will get started. On the 30th is their first practice, I think. So coming soon, I mean, college training camp, because we're not calling it fall camp, is uh, also two weeks away, inside of two weeks away. It won't start this week, but I think the end of next week is when they, quote, report, even though they're all there already. And uh, we'll get started. Yeah, SEC Media Days, every year, it, it always does feel like that kind of unofficial start to football season, so I can't wait. And JP, you're right. I mean, it's it's a big time defensive lineman, but you've got to know what you're putting in your body, especially when you're getting tested all the time. You've got to know. You've got to know what you're taking is cleared. And so I don't. I mean, I hear you on the excuse. I just I don't have sympathy for that excuse. When that player, I forget who it was, got suspended for six games because he was taking a fertility drug because his wife and him were having a hard time conceiving, I'd fight to the death for that guy because that's garbage. But this, oh, I didn't know I was taking an illegal substance. Man, you should have. You should have. Rough for the Saints, though. One more segment forever with you next. The dead of the night. <laughs> I had to. Wish I had a lighter. Sing it, Brett. Got to let this one go a little bit. Starting to get interesting at the open. So Morikawa and Oostazen are at 11. Jordan Spieth just eagled to get back to nine. And Corey Connors has two birdies in a row. He's at nine.
John Rahm just birdied to get to eight. Suddenly, hey, things are shaping up a little bit. Might get a little bit of drama coming up later. I'm Michael Borky, Stephen Gagliano, and this is it for us in this show. It's over. This is it. And one more time for the plug, because why not? This is the last Sports Sunday, but you can still get weekend content. And here's how to do it. If you are a YouTube user, just search my name. That's all you have to do. My name. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. Michael Borky. That's all you need to do. Or if you use podcasts, Mike in the morning will get it done wherever you get your podcast and subscribe there. The plan is for now. Steven will still be the news director. He will be doing the high school scoreboard show on Friday nights. He will be the co-host of the Rebel Report podcast starting tomorrow. I will continue to be on Sports Talk Mississippi. Uh, By the way, the guys from Sports Talk Mississippi will be live in Hoover Tomorrow for SEC Media Days. I'll be here with you. Um, Monday through Friday, we'll be doing a live stream on that YouTube channel. Also, Periscope and Facebook and those podcasts. It gets uploaded in podcast form. 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. It's called Mike in the Morning. There's an audience there. It's crazy. Uh, Possibly a sellable one. We'll see. When football season comes... So August 28th, I believe, is that first Saturday. I will be doing a morning live stream, pregame show, that kind of thing. I don't know what time. It'll it'll just vary based on what my wife needs for me in the morning and when I can sit down and go live with you guys for a little while in the mornings. And then Saturday night, we'll do the same thing, a postgame show. On YouTube, I will upload it in podcast form, all that stuff. Live postgame show with you, and we'll upload that that you can listen to on Sunday morning if you don't feel like staying up late Saturday night. So after the wife and kid go to bed, I'll fire up the live stream and just talk with you guys as long as you want to talk football with me, and it will be your your Sunday show, essentially. So subscribe to YouTube, Michael Borky, podcast, Mike in the Morning. Rebel Report with Steven, scoreboard show on Friday nights with Steven. And uh, that's that's where we will be moving forward. I do want to say that, again, it bears repeating that uh, this is not happening. This is not going away because of lack of audience. We make it impossible for you to watch and or listen to this. And you still do. This is a 12-station network. This show, because of contracts and obligations, gets about five of them, and it's very inconsistent times. We get Jackson from 8 to 9.30. We get Starkville from 9 to 10. We get, I think, the whole two hours in Oxford and, like, two other stations. We don't get you on the coast at all. It's all over the place. It took me 500 words to try to describe how to listen to this show to advertisers, so you can imagine not many jumped on. But lack of audience was certainly not our issue. There's a real one here. Awful time slot. But there's a real one here. Big one. Committed one. And you guys, based on the messages we've gotten today, are incredibly nice people. <laughs> uh, good people. Which is not surprising, based on my experience living in this state. That's what, that's what you guys do. That's what you are. Um, I cannot... Thank you enough 
for being a part of this. I cannot believe that there are this many of you here. Um, whenever I make it, because forgive me for sounding cocky, I will. I, I will have you guys to thank for it. We got to work on some things, get better at this, be really bad at this some days. I left the commercial thing up for the first three <laughs> minutes of this last segment. So. That's quite all right. <laughs> I'm Fitting. still bad at it. Um, but you guys mean the world to me. You mean the world to me. And I will never, when I do make it, because I, I, I know I will. Sometime, somewhere, I will. I'll never forget you guys who were here first. So thank you. Please keep subscribe to YouTube and podcasts and all that. I, I want to keep you guys around just in different ways. But, Stephen, you got 45 seconds. Anything? Well, when I flame out of sports media, probably, I'll always remember this show as the first thing that I really ever got to do in sports radio, and it's been an absolute blast. So thank you for approaching me with the chance to do it. And I can't wait to see what's next and listen to the Rebel Report. Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe. Mike in the morning where you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you then. Bye, guys. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.